Well, good morning. Welcome to Triumph West. It's great to have you with us today. Hey, this is the Communion Sunday. If you've not been with us before for communion, our communion table is open to all who know and understand their need for a Savior. We come to the Lord's table not as perfect people. We come as broken people, sinful people who need a Savior. If that describes you, and you've come somehow by God's grace to understand that Jesus is that Savior, uh, you are welcome to come. Um, we have these little cups. Maybe you've not used these before. Um, I'm going to just do this beforehand because I'm a man. Here's the deal. If, if I waited uh, and then while I'm talking, you're trying to get these things open, as a man, I can do one thing at a time. So I'd be open in this, I wouldn't hear a word anybody saying. So if you got one of these, go ahead and grab it. There's a little thin layer you can just start to peel back. That will reveal the wafer at the top. And, and I actually started mine. You can do that if you want. If you don't have one of these and need one, raise your hand. And uh, we've got guys who will get one of these to you. Okay, so if, if you need one, up goes the hand so they can see. All right. Oh, okay, over there. Yep, right there. Um, anybody else hold your hand up keep it there and then once you get that little top layer just started um, you'll notice another little layer that will allow you access to the cup a little hint you want to hold it on the edges like this not squeezing it on the bottom I found this out the hard way if you squeeze it on the bottom and try to open it it gets to be way more like baptism than communion you got that. So if you hold it by the, the sides like that and then slowly peel that back, that'll all work. So that will be later on in our service. Hey, this is a little tender for me today. This, this is the last Sunday that I'll be preaching at Triumph West. I'll be preaching on, on Christmas Eve. So I'm really grateful for that. But uh, this is uh, tender. So pray for the preacher. He needs it today. You know, um, we've been talking about this word in the wilderness, and uh, on many levels, this is such a strange time of life, uh, it may feel like a bit of a wilderness to you. As, as we're coming into Christmas, when you look at the gospel writers, you'll see often early on in the writing of the gospel, you, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the story of the birth of Christ. John does a very interesting thing, and that's where we're going to go today as we look at uh, the Christ, the King who has come. We, last time I spoke, we talked about the King who's coming again, that we should be ready for him. Today we're talking about the King who has come. So if you have your Bibles, John chapter 1, and I'll begin reading at verse 1 in Jesus' name. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. 
the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all those who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh, no one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, he has made him known. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the wonder of how you tell us the truth through your word. So Lord, today would you by your very spirit come, cause us, Lord, to see you for who you are. And then, Lord, by your grace, would you open our hearts to receive you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So maybe you've been on a family road trip, maybe a little summer vacation thing, and uh, you've been in tourist country, oh, maybe down in the Black Hills or another part of the country, and and you saw this sign that says, uh, 14 miles, fabulous cave tour. Maybe it's Marvel Cave or Wonder Cave or whatever cave. Anybody ever done that? Yeah, you see that sign. I remember we did that. I was pretty pretty small, but, but old enough to get it. We've been on a few cave tours over the years. That one was memorable. Here's why. Tour guide brought us into the cave, and we started working our way down into the cavern. And as we got probably halfway through the tour, the tour guide stopped us 
And he said, I want you to note there along the side of the path about waist high, there's a rope. I'd like all of you to make sure you grab hold of the rope right now. So would you grab the rope? And he said, I'm gonna ask you for the next minute or so to stand very still because I'm going to do something that will help you experience something you've probably never experienced before. He said, on the count of three, I'm gonna shut off the lights and you are going to experience total darkness. You ready? Make sure you got a hold of the, the rope. Please stand still when I do this. Three, two, one, click. And it was ex exactly as he said. I experienced for the first time total darkness. I couldn't see my mom who was standing here. I couldn't see my little sister who was standing here. I couldn't see my dad. The tour guide said, as we stood in the quiet, he said, I want you just to raise your one hand that's free, put it right in front of your face and see if you can see any part of your hand. I did it, couldn't see a thing, nothing. The total absence of light made it impossible for me. I couldn't see. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't see. And I thought of that as I was reading these verses today. The light, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. If you've not done this with your family, I would encourage you this season of, of Christmas, of Advent, to some night darken the lights in your home and light one candle. And see how that one small light brings light in the midst of the darkness. It's exactly what Jesus did. The darkness cannot overcome that light, that light of Christ. It's interesting though, some of the translators, as they, they look at verse five, they, they lay this out a little differently. They say the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Or one common, one translator writes it this way, the darkness has not comprehended it. It's as though when the light shines in that darkness, you see it, but you don't get it. And as you read through this first chapter of John, you begin to see that that idea of, of not comprehending the light is expressed in other ways. Verse 10, he was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. How can that be? And it goes another step further in 11 when he says, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Now how could that be? This word that became flesh and dwelt among us. This word that th through the word all things were created. How could that very creator come to us, take on flesh, dwell in our midst, and we not know? 
that it was him. And how could it be that that people chosen by God so early on in human history, that this same Savior would come to his very own and they would not receive him. The Old Testament prophets had proclaimed for hundreds of years the coming of the promised Messiah. And yet they didn't recognize him or receive him. Can you figure that out? I mean, I'm so glad I'm living 2,000 years later. I'm looking back because I've heard the rest of the story. And you may think, that's something they couldn't. Man, what? Do you think you would have recognized him? Would you have known? Do we know now? song I've heard for years I never really looked in the background till this past week it was 1932 beginning of a tough stretch in our country the man who wrote the song was a, a guy by the name of Robert McGimsey he, he wrote it in response to a walk he took on Christmas Eve in 1932 in New York City and he was so discouraged after that walk. See, as he walked that night, he saw a city bustling, taverns full, nightclubs full of raucous, all kinds of craziness going on. And he thought, how on this night, does anyone even know what we're celebrating? And he went home and he penned the words to a song song goes like this. Sweet little Jesus boy, they made you be born in a manger. Sweet little holy child, we didn't know who Didn't know you'd come to save us, Lord, to wash our sin away. Our eyes was blind. We couldn't see. We didn't know who you was. Our eyes were blind. We couldn't see. We didn't recognize the light. We didn't know it was Him. Do we now? Secondly, today, despite our not understanding, not comprehending, not receiving. Despite all of that, this one small word looks so important as John writes. It's verse 12 if you're following along. The little word is the word yet. 
despite all of what we've just read of our not understanding, not receiving, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. He came. And while we may not know who he is, he knows exactly who we are. And it's why he came. The Lord not only saw a world deep in need and broken, the Lord sees today you and me in all our brokenness and in all our need. And despite the fact that we may not receive him, not even comprehend who he is, despite that, Jesus came. The word became flesh. God put on skin and came to live right here in our presence. John said, we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of truth and grace or grace and truth. A guy I read by the name of Barclay We talk about the word grace a lot. I hope if I ask you afterwards, you could just give me a great working definition of grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's a good one. Barclay says this about the word grace. He says, the word grace emphasizes at one and the same time the helpless poverty of human beings and the unlimited kindness and grace of God, the love of God. That's what grace is. God sees our profound inability and he responds by pouring out his love and kindness to people like me who don't deserve it. What I deserve is judgment. What God extends is his kindness and love. That's called grace. But John said he came full of grace and truth. It's as though in that manger where the the baby was born, there was the shadow already of the cross. Because this child was born with purpose. But the purpose he was born for was a shock. He was born to die for the sins of the world for people like me and you. He came full of grace and truth. The word there is a a Greek word, pleroma, which, which talks about the sum total of all who God is all of God's grace, all of God's truth there in Jesus Christ. 
It's the same word that Paul would use later when he wrote to the church in, Cor- in Colossians, at Colossae, when, when he wrote these words, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Born there in a manger, the creator of the world. Laying in a manger. How do we understand that? See, Jesus came. One man wrote, Jesus came not to just talk to us about God. Jesus came to show us what God is like. You want to see God? Look at Jesus. You want to see the grace of God in all its fullness? Look at Jesus. You want to know the truth of God? Then look at Jesus because He came full of grace and full of truth. And He invites you and me to receive Him. Have you received him. I didn't ask you if you know about him. Have you received him? Have you come to believe in his name, to trust all of who you are into his care? And finally, this morning, from him, Grace upon grace. Verse 16, if you're following along, reads this way. Out of His fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Or as one translator takes it, from His abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. If you take the time to think about the grace of God poured out in your life and the blessings that result as coming from His grace, they are many. What does He mean when He says we have received grace in place of grace already given? Here's how I understand it. That in the course of human history, The grace of God has been present from the beginning. It was His graciousness and His truth that brought this world into being. And you will hear the promise of grace poured out from the book of Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation. It is who He is. He is full of grace and full of truth. He is grace and truth. And he has revealed himself. Grace seen before through the words of the prophets, through the word of God in the Old Testament, but now in Jesus Christ, grace poured out upon grace. If you didn't see it before, look at Jesus. See him there at the cross where he gave his life for you. Because he saw your sin. He saw my sin. And his response was not to come and judge us. His response was to die in our place. Have you received him? Do you know him? 
When the prophet Isaiah wrote, he penned these words, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light and on those living in the shadow of death, a light has dawned. He's talking about Jesus 700 years before Jesus is born. Do you know what it is to walk in darkness? I do. And I'm all too often reminded what it looks like when the darkness begins to creep in again into my life and the lives of people around me. But the good news, the word of grace and truth is that for people walking in darkness, a light has shone and his name is Jesus. Jesus came full of life and his life was the light of all mankind. I couldn't help but remember the words that John would later write in a letter to those he loved. It's 1 John. Listen to these words, so similar in so many ways. John would write years later, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we don't live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus purifies us. The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us all. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. He came full of grace and truth. And the truth is, when the light begins to shine, it reveals my darkness. I see it too clearly, too often in me. But the good news is, he not only came full of truth, came full of grace. And in his grace, seeing my sin more clearly than I see it, Jesus would shed his blood for the sins of Vern Bardson, all of them. For your sin, for yours. 
And He invites us to come and receive from Him all God's grace as we receive Christ who is the truth, the way, the life. The song said, our eyes were blind. We couldn't see. And yet, Christ shines in the darkness. And today He invites you and me to come to Him. In a very real way, this morning we are going to come to the Lord's table. It could be that you're here and you've been a believer for years and yet you are like me. You understand way too clearly your own sin, your own shortcoming. Then you come as I come as a needy sinner who needs His grace poured out fresh and anew in my life. It also may be that you've been here or are here this morning and and you've known about Jesus but you're not sure you really know Him. But something has been made clear in your heart today that you, like me, are a sinful human being who needs a Savior. And that that Savior is Jesus. If that describes you today, I would invite you to respond to Him today, to receive Him, His body and His blood, His very presence into your life.